0: Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about Tete's character, Kai, and we're going to be talking about him from the very beginning. So this time, we're going to be talking about how she started reshaping him after separating him from the Frost
1: Lord. Yes, yes, we are. It was a long, I wouldn't say it was a long journey, but it was a very arduous journey that really made me um, question myself as a creator how much respect and authority and agency i give to the character and just how much allowance of medium channeling you know should the creator allow to the character um because kai proved a far more difficult person to connect with than andre who just simply took over the place like mr t from the (laughs) a-team
0: Mm-hmm, I see. So what do you think about um, Kai made him hard to channel?
1: Well, when I first met Kai in 2013, when he first entered my mind, it was a cold winter day. Um, We had a bit of a brutal snowfall that year, and I was very entranced and entrenched by the beauty of winter at that point. And I've always been a lover of dark, gloomy days and Overcast skies and dimly lit twilights and glooms and especially in the winter time, there's a beauty of it when you're in the comfort of your warm home and it's con this this man, if you will, the concept of this man this man sort of began to introduce himself um he was from somewhere in Scandinavia. It took me a while to sort of get it out of him exactly where he was from um but i knew that his i knew that his name had been uh an unusual name kai and i thought well that's strange i mean kai like from the snow queen and stuff and, and he's like yeah and i thought well i don't really see that name a lot um you know it's, it's sort of a it's sort of a hipster name i would think it's more popular in denmark than anywhere else it's a bit of a hipster name that no one really wants to give their kid is that a san francisco
0: about- name <laughs>
1: San Francisco, well, now everybody's naming their kid Kai because it looks cool. Like, ooh, epic. Sounds like a warrior or something. But no, Kai is just, um, it's just a hipster form of Nicholas in in Scandinavian variants. That's, or it comes from Kai, as some people debate. But a lot of people say, oh, no, it comes from Nicholas. So, uh, (laughs) that is the origin of the name Kai. But this man introduced himself as Kai, and there were certain concepts he began sharing with me. Um I think he just wanted somebody to talk philosophy with. And that's what he did, but I didn't get to know anything about him. It's it's like going onto a weird forum board from 2010 and you have this really interesting conversation with a person with an obscure avatar and they've just given you a life revelation and you want to get to know them more but you don't find anything else about them because they refuse to share more information with you they've alluded, also they've been inactive for six weeks and this is exactly how kai behaved when it came to communicating with me
0: mm-hmm. right and andre on the other hand is like someone who is
1: constantly messaging you andre's that person that messages you every two hours and your phone is always blowing up with notifications you know, and he's on every platform. He's on Twitter. He's blowing up on Instagram, <laughs> taking selfies of fl- him flexing muscles on the beach. You know that kind of guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Kai doesn't have any social media.
1: Uh, Kai has social media, but it's an Instagram account of him taking pictures of nature and putting uh, quotes from philosophers like I don't know, Kant, Hegel, and Kierkegaard.
0: I thought he was going to be one of those people that followed 20 people and he has fall, fall no he follows 20 people and he has 4 followers and he only has two pictures one of his pet and another one of i don't know some black square it's supposed to be the night sky but it's just so grainy that it looks like a black square on his feed
1: <laughs> No 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 he 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 puts a little bit of effort but the thing is he only posts once every 3 months and I see. um he has a blurry. Uh, he has a blurry avatar of himself, and he uploaded one selfie, and that's him holding the camera, really crappy, and there's a and there's like lens flare in the corner. Because <laughs> he's a boomer. Not a boomer. He wanted to be. He wanted to. He wanted to obscure his face on purpose to oh, be mysterious. Oh, I see. Yeah, he's he's one of those people on social media. They want to be mysterious. Mm-hmm.
0: I see. Right. So. How did that turn into the Frost Lord? Because I know he's associated with Winter, right? But was he meant to be supernatural from that, you know, from 2013?
1: Well, 2013 was a weird year. Um, I was thoroughly abhorred by Frozen, and I'll come out and say it I am. Frozen 2 seems a little bit better, but I'm not going to bother watching it. Um Except I wanted to see the Sami dub of Frozen Two, which I may in the future just just to hear Sami spoken in a professional setting um but you know it it was at that time a lot of people were thinking about winter fairy tales and you know epics and things like that, and things dealing with winter and for a lot of fantasy people um winter is an interesting subject because. You know, for many primal people and pre-Christian peoples, um, and we're ta- we're focusing on a Eurocentric viewpoint, by the way. I mean, this does not apply to other cultures in other regions, and you know, et cetera. Um, just to clarify that point uh, for our, our uh, listeners out there. But you know, since we're dealing with a Eurocentric thing here, um, winter was always a very bleak, stark time. But at the same time, it's one of reflection, rebirth. Um, that death in itself is a form of rebirth. And um, I just began to think more and more on it. And I don't know, I began to think of... I liked Anderson's The Snow Queen, but a lot of it seemed confusing. And why wasn't there more known about The Snow Queen herself? She just appe- She's like a little cameo character. We hardly know anything about her, except she just randomly kidnapped a kid... And did something weird to his heart or something, <laughs> and this this spunky little girl has to named Gerda has to go and save him from all this crazy crap going on, and she goes through crap. And you know, there's there's nothing like we know nothing of this Snow Queen person, and I, I guess Frozen tried to address that, but Frozen is like I I won't even go into what Frozen is. I don't want even I don't want to relive 2013 and how bad. Everything was bloated with frozen merch. I will not relive that, but we still have it today. I'm so sick of seeing Anna and Elsa everywhere. But um, (laughs) um, where am I going with this? Um, So I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if it was a, a king or something? And I always loved angsty male characters. You know, I always will. I mean, you know, that'll always be my weak, soft spot, angsty male characters. And um it began to form, and I thought of things I also was inspired to by another tale of Anderson's called the sandman um which has nothing to do with Neil Gaiman's work, by the way, folks, which is coming out in the Netflix adaptation. I don't know it looks good, but um so anyway basically the end of the the end of this tale by Anderson is that. This boy goes on these several vision dreams with the Sandman. And the last one, this little boy was feeling sick. And the Sandman says he has a brother who wears black and he rides a pale white horse. And he tells the boy not to be afraid of his brother. And he, he says that he's going to look at his report card and that the boy had been, been a good boy. He will get a ride... Um, and it will be a very exciting ride, but he will not be coming back home. And when you read the context and symbolism of it, it's actually very heartbreaking. What's meant to be sort of a light cute kid's tale is actually a boy suffering from an illness and hallucinations. And the final one is death coming to claim him. And this is, this is uh, the sad man's brother who is death. And I was very fascinated by that concept of of death personified as someone you should not be afraid of. And this was before I encountered uh, Pratchett's work, where you know death is a sure swell dude um, in the later books, which we'll I'll get into in another time in another podcast when we if we talk about Pratchett. Um, but getting back to that, I guess to wrap this to to summarize this point, what what made the Frost Lord was I was fascinated by these two stories. And I wanted to see a way to fuse them, and I thought, well, you know, what if there was a guy, and he was like the embodiment of winter, and maybe he dealt with death, because in winter a lot of things die, and people freeze to death, and, you know, in the old days people are scared of winter because you die, like, oh, my fireplace went out, I'll die, I'll freeze to death, and all my seven children will die with me in our house, or random person walking oh i have to get to the village um, uh, to sell this thing and pay my bills oh no there's a blizzard i'm not wearing any proper clothing because no one's invented insulation yet i'm gonna die so you know or somebody gets sick like oh i've been out in the cold for eight hours or 10 or 12 hours i've got pneumonia i'm dead now or hypothermia or frostbite all sorts of things um the cold killed a lot of people and it's it still does in in many places unfortunately where this does happen but um i i began to think that and lord frost began to form in my mind and because kai was just not messaging me consistently enough like i said he'd pop in every three months or every week or so and just you know be very vague with his philosophy and then pop right out i i even had trouble Really knowing what he looked like. It actually took about three or four years before Kai sort of revealed what he looked like. So I didn't even have a face to subscribe to him, to ascribe to him. So I thought, well, you know, Kai, if you're going to be like this, maybe you are this Lord Frost character. Maybe I can. Is this what you're trying to tell me? Because you came at winter and he came at winter. Are you him? And I felt very uh, confused. So I just thought, well, if Kai's going to be like that, I'm just going to assume that he is the frost lord and run with it and if it makes him mad it's his own fault for not specifying so i i ran with it
0: oh i see right and how did you feel like you know um fusing the two together um,
1: at first i didn't feel too bad because at that point i didn't have a face to kai but i was starting to form a face for the frost lord um I began to think of designs and colors and associations and symbolisms, and you know there are a lot of frightening and terrifying, uh, uh fantasy characters um, that look like this. You know, they have long white hair, they're pale. There's a scary look about them, and I thought, well, you know that that would really look good for winter. Um, and I thought, and this was before, you know, Game of Thrones came out with their uh walkers i forget what they're called night walkers okay uh, whatever i don't know why they didn't call them ice walkers or winter walkers i don't know why they call them night walkers but you know game of thrones logic but anyway um so i formed a design of the frost lord and i was very satisfied with it i thought gee it looks cool and i thought i really like this character all right this has to be kai Kai didn't, you know, Kai never replied to the email, so to speak. So I get, I guess that must be him. And I began to run with it, and I, I wanted to develop this story, and um, I had some pre- preliminary sketches from back in two thousand fourteen, but you know, the frostwork began to become more refined, and and it began to take on more of a fable, and there were different characters different uh a different approach to this and i think the frost lord really came onto his own when i began to think more on this character of gerda originally gerda started off as a very spunky tomboy um you know and uh, he sort of took her in like an adopted kid so she's like um She's like she's like the robber girl from that series by the same woman who wrote Pippi Longstocking whose name Ronja Ronja the robber. Okay, now I remember. Ronja the robber and Pippi Longstocking. And uh, I just thought, well, this is going to be a really charming, cute fairy tale. I don't know. I might make this into a little mini series. I love it. And it it just felt so like just really innocent, clean fantasy that you could enjoy. And unfortunately i didn't really have the time or energy to really put that into focus or write it down and then i thought well you know what if what if this girl has a more at stake what if she has a mother and a brother and i thought well what if what if the frost lord falls in love with her mother and then the whole thing began and i thought well you know this mother sounds really remarkable i mean she's gone through a lot of tough crap and you know um. what if I explored her mother a bit? No one really explores mothers, do they? And then I thought, you know, do we really need this little girl anymore? And then before you know it, I slapped the name Gerda on this poor woman, and she became uh, Gerda. Right. Yeah. And then, that makes um, sense. And then I started to ship these two, and I thought, well, I'm going to do more with this Gerda. And then before I know it, I did Gerd. And then I thought, well, by golly, we'll just do the Frost Lord too. He's really come onto his own, and this is this is what spiraled out of control. But then what happened was, in the middle of all this, Kai arrives back again, and he's more vivid this time. I think he's a little mad by what I did, and um, he decided to let me know what he looks like and give me a few other details. And it was an uh-oh moment. I was like, oh, you look like this. And he's like, yeah. And then I'm like, hmm. And then uh, he tells me what his profession was and where what, what his century was. And I panicked. And I just decided to ignore it for a while. And I ignored it for a very long time. And I just ran with the Frost Sword, which just infuriated Kai even more So he just, for a moment, I thought he completely severed ties with me. You know, like, he just completely left. And he was absent for about three to four years.
0: Was that the time you were doing the Frost Lord?
1: It was the time I was doing the Frost Lord and Gerda. And Kai refused to have any kind of communication with me at all. And, you know, that's, that's just how mad he was.
0: Why do you think he was mad?
1: I think he was mad because I made many assumptions about him and I I used his name and concept onto a character that was not himself. I
0: see. So what do you think is the main difference between Kai and the Frost Lord?
1: I think the main difference is his personality, background, and just their role. I mean, the Frost Lord is the embodiment of winter and death. Um... And But mostly winter. He is a, um, an, uh, you know, a governor of the season of winter. He is there to keep the balance and flow of the seasons. And his comes at a very pivotal point because without, you know, winter ushering the harvest from fall and also bridging the gap between fall and the renewal of spring, um, the whole thing would go out of whack with the balance of seasons. So he, he has a very vital, important job. So he's very serious. He's very uh, responsible focused, um, but he's not very fun or else he doesn't want to reveal that he could be fun. Um, so, you know, for lack of a better word, he's very much a one note personality, which makes him a bit boring to work with unless you have some snark deadpan humor coming from him. Um just his role entirely is different, and his focus you know uh lord is in kind of a medieval age uh fantasy um let us you know nordic inspired um he's more scandinavian uh than uh than Kai is you know um but that's i think that's the main difference that Lord Frost is an entirely different character. And he even looks very different. I mean, and I'm not just talking about cadavers. I mean, overall, he is very different from Kai. hmm I agree. Yeah. I mean, even his, you know, even his human self is, is looks very different from Kai.
0: That's true. Right. So... I think, you know, he's really changed a lot since then. And it's really just been this year, right? That, you know, you start getting into Kai, the real Kai, more and separating him from the Lord Frost.
1: Yeah, this year I decided, once I left DeviantArt, I was really going to reconcile with Kai. And when I made, when I put forth and I offered the olive branch to Kai, he took it and he slowly and gradually revealed himself i felt like i had been pardoned by kai and that he was willing to make amends and put efforts into the reconciliation and of which he is doing he is putting effort to make himself known it it is a slow gradual process and sometimes it's a little hard because kai's way of communicating is very elusive and it it can be very vivid but he's not going to do it through narration he does it through visuals which sometimes frustrates me a little bit, but he will put in some, some of his own voice. It's just that Kai Kai is a very visual concept-driven man.
0: Right. And while Andre is a very verbal person, right?
1: Andre is very verbal. In fact, like Andre seldom... He, he will give me some snippets of visuals, and there will be weird instances where I'll see a photograph, and I'll feel like I've seen it before because Andre get, decided to give me, like... First player, you know, like first person RPG camera view. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Kai, that's more prevalent. But, but Kai is not as verbal as Andre. Meanwhile, Andre's totally verbal. He's, he's a thousand percent verbal.
0: That makes sense. Right. And this is why maybe it's harder for you to write him because you don't have the words.
1: I don't. I really have to. I have to, I really have to ask Kai, Kai, throw me some words. Kai, can you narrate? And then he begrudgingly does so. I think he's getting more and more open to doing it. But it's it's because he he's also learning how to communicate with me as well. So it's a mutual learning process for us both. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And how about his relationship with Gerda? How do you think it's changed since he was the Frost Lord?
1: I think it's changed quite a bit. I'm still uncertain... You know, with, with with Gerda's own character development, because she feels a little uncertain at this point, but I'm hoping to rectify that as I get to know her in this context. Because I felt I knew her better as as a fantasy counterpart, because she was more simplistic and defined by her role.
0: Hmm. Right. And do you think because they are not in a fantasy setting, it's harder to define them by their roles?
1: I think it's harder to define them by their roles because they're not so easily defined by their roles per se. Um, and it, it forces a lot more, you know, a lot more intricate introspection into the character. Because before, we, we knew Gerda because of her exterior actions and she was, you know, very much defined. And her personality was molded by her profession and what she, what she did for her community.
0: Right, and this is what we talked about yesterday, about, you know, interior versus exterior.
1: Exactly, and that was the problem. Gerda was decidedly exterior, and it was so hard to... It, it's really hard with her now to work with her, but I am hoping to have breakthrough with her soon.
0: I hope so, too. Just keep on going with Kai, because back when you were doing fantasy, it was actually the opposite. It was Gerda that was a lot more alive than the Frost Lord
1: definitely gerda was a lot of fun i mean she was so like alive and vivid and i think she won the hearts of many people
0: she did
1: yeah but now you know we're seeing kai come into his own and um but yeah that um that was the thing and and also with kai you know, I I didn't have any kind of uh, concrete visual what he looked like. With Andre, I had a I had a I had a description because Andre was verbal. He wasn't giving me visuals yet, but he gave me a description. He said that he had very broad, black jetty eyebrows. He had very dark eyes, and he had a very intimidating glare. He also said he had black hair, and that he had a bit of a tan. And he always emphasized that he was tall and muscular, even though I sometimes wonder with a lot of food shortages, are you really that muscular, Andre? But but he insists he's belt like a bull. Mm-hmm. And, right. um, and that had always been sort of the, the, the main key points when I was trying to figure out who Andre was. And then, of course, you helped me and you introduced me to Mayakovsky. And right there, Mayakovsky is such a dead ringer. Uh, for for Andre it's it's really scary how much they look alike.
0: It is, yeah, definitely. And also the actor um from the Russian oh, yeah, serials. From,
1: spe- from the Russian serials, yes, like Chernasov Uh like I said, Andre is a mix of uh of Mayakovsky and Andre Chernasov who is a uh, Russian actor. Well he's a Ukraine actor who does a lot of Russian serials. And uh, Chernisov looks a lot like Mayakovsky. When he portrayed Mayakovsky on uh, the 2013 series, Mayakovsky, Two Days, he was such a dead ringer for Mayakovsky. It, it was very scary. Like, he he could even do the gestures, expressions, and, you know, it almost looked indecipherable at times uh, from, from, you know, photographs of Mayakovsky.
0: I know. He does really look a lot like him. It's amazing. But, yes... Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is a lot easier to channel Andre for many reasons. And, you know, Kai, I think you will get a breakthrough with him because you have actually already started writing his series. And mostly now you're focusing on his childhood, especially with his grandfather who has been revealed to be Sami, just like, you know, Gerda is now in the series. So how did you suddenly realize he wasn't Norwegian, Norwegian, but Sami instead?
1: Well, it, it it began to... It was actually very subtle because, believe it or not, Kai was very shy about admitting he was Sami.
0: In, right. Um, okay. And then... So, like, for Gerda, though, you thought it was very obvious, right? Like, you know... I was, know that originally in the OC training, she was Rus, right? But then she you, changed to Finnish and then she became Sami.
1: Yeah, I think with her, how that came to be was that... um I guess to say for I guess to say was that when I first started when I first started Gerda and I put her in the fantasy I was thinking of Russian fairy tales so I think well she must be ruse but then you know you have to realize not everybody who's in in the ruse region is 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 typically ruse and I thought well she no she there's a lot of things about her that feel finnish maybe she's finnish and then as I drew more to the 19th century I realized that she was not Finnish, but she was actually Sami. And and this is kind of a mistake a lot of people made because a lot of people um, would, you know, kind of mistake Finnish people for Sami people to a degree because of the similarities in certain terms, terminology. uh, They share some common words and spellings and also some, um, you know, like, um pre-christian beliefs because there was mm-hmm. that interchange and influence like certain gods goddesses and rituals so that's why and and also kind of just carelessness from people's parts you know like you know no offense but i don't know a very smug self-assured swedish person thinking oh these people are finnish i, I don't know i think they're sami oh laplanders yeah yeah whatever you know
0: right i think it's because finnish people during that time period they were more nomadic or closer to people who were like sami i think they were it also took them longer for them to be fully quote-unquote christianized compared to people from denmark and sweden right so people just viewed them as similar to sami because they were more separated from you know people from denmark and stuff
1: true true there and on you know and there was the language barrier as well because it's a Uralic, and also Sami is also considered a, U- a Uralic language like Finnish.
0: It is, yeah, exactly. I think they both have this kind of, you know, more distant relationship with, you know, places like Denmark and stuff. So they're kind of viewed on the periphery.
1: Ex- exactly. So that's why they, they got um, exchanged, if you will. You know, like a lot of people would say, oh, Finnish sorcerer. But what they really meant was a, a sami shaman or something
0: right and this actually is kind of similar to i think what Halivorn touched upon before like even though it's a different time period people also thought ingvar was finnish because um you know of his relationship with his mother who is actually sami and you know there's always this kind of relationship between sami and finnish in the Norse viewpoint like they always see them as kind of similar
1: they do. They do. And that's why I think the terms get really interchanged and kind of thrown about a lot.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. But yes, Um. back to him being Sami. So how did this happen again? Like, do you think it was because you realized that Gerda was Finnick and then that became Gerda was Sami? Because now she was in the 19th century, no, no longer in Kievan Rus, but in, in Norway. And then you know you were like oh so if she has to be some kind of Uralic you know language speaker she would have to be uh, Sami right because you know Norway's pretty far away from Finland.
1: It, it is it is and well that that is that was the reasoning of logic and, and then there were a lot of things about her concepts and ideas and what she believed in and. I will say, I, I've known Gerda, and you know what? She is awfully shy. She's very scared. She's always running away from me. And I think she likes to daydream a lot about fairy tales. So I think she maybe, maybe she invented this fantasy because maybe she was really scared of her own self or her true history. So mm-hmm. I think she was sort of throwing red herrings on my trail. Wow,
0: I think both Gerda and Kai tend to have red herrings don't they i mean with kai it was the frost lord and then with gerda it was the fairy tale version of herself
1: i i think it was and <laughs> i don't know why they do this i mean are are they true i mean I, I will i will sometimes never get the answer out of them but they are the most difficult people i've had to work with but you know i don't regret it i i've enjoyed their company and i will continue to to enjoy their company
0: Right, and definitely difficult compared to someone like freaking Andre.
1: Yeah, Andre and Tatuzia are already out the gate. You know, here we are, and they're yelling and banging on drums. I mean, figuratively speaking.
0: Right. Do you think it's also because um Gerda and Kai are introverted?
1: You know what? I hate to admit it, but I think they are introverted, aren't they? I just don't want to say that because now I think they want to watch net net. They want to watch Netflix. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i think they are introverted because they don't want people to pay attention to them per se like they don't want to be the center of attention While you know sometimes that's the kai
1: wants to be yeah. sometimes kai wants to be the center of attention though sometimes
0: sometimes but i think it's because he wants affection not because he wants to make a point while you know for andre it's all about making a point
1: that's true And I guess also for Kai, it's like, if it's an emergency and he has to be a leader and he wants people to follow him because he's worried about somebody doing something stupid or getting killed. Yeah,
0: but it's a purpose-driven thing.
1: And it's limited to his,
0: it's always limited to his um, niche, which is, you know, shipping and stuff, being on a ship, you know, the Captain Ahab or something. But I mean, if he was in another situation, like, you know, some random thing i don't know like you know i don't know joel contemplating being extremely isolated he's not going to be able to lead him he doesn't want to be led and this is not a survival situation
1: that's true even though last night we kind of saw that kai wanted to do that
0: (laughs) it's going to fail because like i said there's nothing there's nothing external about it he can't lead people if it's totally internal i don't think kai makes a good therapist
1: No, unfortunately, Kai makes a lousy therapist. Um, Unless you're in death. Like, if you're in the afterlife, he's a good therapist.
0: Right, but I think it depends on your personality. If you're like Sam, like we contemplated, he would not make a good therapist because Sam is always deflecting. And then Kai takes everything very seriously and at face value.
1: That's true, he does. He does. Um, But yeah, getting getting back to the original question, how did I figure out um, Kai Wasami. Um, well, I think, well, once he sort of gave me, he started to kind of build up, if you will, a sketch of himself and what he looked like. And I was like, well, this is a very unusual face. And I was like, what is this kind of face? Because, you know, these kind of features kind of jolt with our, our very bland categorization of you know ethnic phenotypes and um you know you know because we're never taught nuances and you know how people look different like over the years and and you know everything else and in different regions because especially where i am from america our, our education is very limited so we have to self-educate ourselves about everybody around the world um i don't
0: think it's an american thing per se i think it's just like a general thing in per se and also most people don't focus so much on smaller details
1: that's true i think it has more
0: to do with the fact that in if you talk about america america you know they do have a very solid idea of race you know what i mean like you know they always saying they're always categorizing people based on these broad groups that do not exist in other countries and i think that's why you know referring back to the fact that you're an American, that's why maybe you thought it was difficult to categorize because maybe there is no need to categorize. But in America, there's always a tendency towards categorization. Correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not American.
1: I I think you're right. There's always a need for categorization because everybody needs to slap a label on something. We're running right. around with label makers. Exactly. You know?
0: Like, And they create, you know, not to get too political, but these totally only American labels, such as Latino or Hispanic, which does not exist in any other part of the world because it's way too broad to contain all the countries of Latin America under one label.
1: It is. And even among people who are quote-unquote Latino or Hispanic, that doesn't make sense to them. They really don't refer... Like, if you were to go to their actual individual respective countries, no one's going to refer to themselves like this. It's only exactly. when they come to America, you know? Yeah,
0: or even, you know, let's be honest, white or black or Asian. What does it mean, right?
1: What does it mean? Exactly, exactly. That does not entail anything... Um even indigenous, what exactly does that mean? You know, what, what, right. what, what constitutes indigenous? Like, are you just going to just slap that on for everybody? Like, you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. and, and that, and I, and I think that's what confused me because I didn't really have a sense or understanding of it. And, um, and and this was, I would say, I would say about maybe five years ago, this all happened. Um, when I had, I had finally figured out what Kai looked like, but that time I already had the frost Lord out. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh no. Oh Kai, why did you have to do uh you know and um <laughs> but it doesn't um,
0: matter cuz the frost lord is fantasy so you don't need <laughs> to know what he looks like cuz basically he's like an anime character isn't he like no one says yeah. what does what does you know uh that white haired guy from bleach actually look like if he was a real person it doesn't matter he's just you know an anime <laughs> cartoon drawing
1: that's true that's true um that said, um, that that said, though human human Frost looked a lot like like Vidoff, didn't he?
0: <laughs> I think you said he was the inspiration for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was.
1: For but those like, of you who don't know, just skinnier. Google his name. A lot skinnier, though. For those of you who don't know, just Google that name. He was a he was a terrible. He was a wonderful cutie.
0: Terrible.
1: I mean, terribly cute. Oh, <laughs> terribly okay. Cute.
0: <laughs> okay, but yes. Um, yeah, I <laughs> guess that was um, the impetus behind his change. And I think it's really fascinating how many... Do you think he's changed the most out of your characters? Like, so many incarnations?
1: I think probably, probably has the most <laughs> drastic one. But anyway, I... Um, so I began to put this puzzle together, what he looked like. And... I was, I don't know, I it was just sort of a weird thing. Um, I, I love a lot of 80s music, um, and I'm a big sucker for synth, but good synth, by the way. I'm very picky with my synth wave. And um, so I, I realized that the way Kai was describing himself and the kind of portrait he sort of made in my mind with himself, that he resembled... Um, the lead singer from the uh, synth wave band aha, uh-huh, um, Martin Harkett, and I was like oh wow okay that's a that's an unusual face i'm like you couldn't get any more unique, could you Kai and um Kai still didn't want to reveal what he was, even this year he was still being that elusive that 's how difficult Kai is. but when I saw how striking Harkett looked, I thought, you know he doesn't look like your typical." You know, sort of, you know, your your typical Scandinavian dude, and I just began to qu- and This has actually led to some internet debate. You know, is is this guy Sami because his features are are very similar to actual Sami people, and you know, I think there's a possibility he probably is. Um, looking at you know the the lineage of his family because on his mother's side there there you know the the family carries a name that could possibly be sami because a lot of samis when they were christianized they took on name like um with a, with a with suffixes like daughter like like daughter or father because um it, it was a way of using a sort of a simplified patronymic in a way um
0: i'm not really sure about that cuz i know in iceland they do the same thing and they're not sami that-
1: That's true. I mean, I was talking about, like, in Norway, and Sweden.
0: I'm not sure. Maybe we should ask Hellevore about this. But I have a feeling I don't really think so, because I think this is just a Norse thing.
1: That's true. That's true. It could be. be. I mean, but I was just sort of noticing a naming pattern.
0: I think it's just something they do. I think the Nsami didn't have surnames. So I think they just followed whatever other people around them were doing.
1: Yeah, that's true probably putting too much into it but um but I guess moving on um where was I going with it but anyway um so I I just began to question what exactly was Kai because a lot of things about him didn't fit with you know a, you know how do I say a holy Scandinavian person and there were certain things about him and certain ideas and ideals that didn't quite fit with that And it wasn't until actually, like, actually just a month ago, really, or maybe more than a month ago, you know, he finally just um, revealed that he was Sami.
0: Right. And you start writing him, right? You start writing the first chapter where, you know, he's a little kid and he meets his grandfather for the first time.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think that was the biggest revelation. And I, I think having that breakthrough, I finally got to know Kai as a person, not a vague collection of philosophy, or a very vague sketch of a person, or a very elusive person, but you know, an an actual, an actual living, breathing person, and I was very grateful for that
0: right absolutely and i think you know you really learned a lot about his family too and especially about his grandfather who doesn't like the church and he's actually you know a shaman
1: yes yes he is his grandfather is very influential in his life um his um his his grandfather molds a lot of his character and experiences almost in a similar way andre's anti-palagaya you know really shapes Andre's character and influences him. Mhm. Right. And, you know, Kai's grandfather is a very how do I say he's a very embedded part of Kai's life and I I think this is what molds a lot of Kai's character, philosophy and shaping his sense of self in a way.
0: Mhm. And this is, you know, this kind of impacts why he sees a lot of things in a very primal and pagan way, as we talked about yesterday.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it kind of clashes. I mean, and he has to be very... He can't be open about it. And he really can't talk to anybody about it, per se. Sometimes he'll reveal little, like, little tidbits with some of his crewmates, but it's because they're surviving on a ship, number one. Number two... You know i think a lot of people a lot of people how do i say a lot of people may not realize that some people had a complicated relationship with paganism and christianity and this is where you get sort of what what people want to call what 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 we would call folk christianity because you have a lot of blending of beliefs and ideas and rights and ideas blended in and you know, some of these men came from very rural villages where people still had a lot of rites and ideas. And I guess if you wanted to call it superstition, you could, Mm -hmm. um, that were, you know, pre-Christian, not necessarily Sami, but, you know, these could have been like, you know, pre-Christian Norse or whatever. And um, so they, 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 they respect that and they understand, you know, Kai's vibe and things like that and and they're respectful of it because you know they've had mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers and fathers you know who held similar beliefs maybe not as extreme as adja because you know i wouldn't go into how extreme adja was but you know um you know for example like a lot of people had mothers and grandmothers who had you know what they called black books in norway which were like these little spell books and things
0: mm I see does does Kai have one?
1: I think he might i I think he does, but we don't know i don't I don't quite know yet if he does.
0: It will be interesting to see it,
1: yeah yeah it will and you know there there was so much to um there's there's so much to still unpack with Kai. We're just beginning the journey, and I'm very very grateful to have finally get to know him better and and know his personality better because um you know because Kai is he's very subtle and subdued it was very hard for me to understand him because i myself am not a subtle or subdued person i i've tried to be to refine myself a little bit um but i am i am by nature kind of bombastic like andre and andre blends very well with the american personality um, like myself, so this is why Andre fits so wonderful in America.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does. I I totally agree. But yes, um, I think that's why. And I think another issue, like you said, is because Kai. You know, I think a lot of his story is hard to, to plan out as well because you know a lot of it is kind of magical, and at the same time, there's also a lot of events that happen that you can't really use research to refine. You kind of have to just flesh it out by writing it out, kind of like scale, blood, and bone. While Andre, you don't have to create a plot per se because it's historical, so you just have to follow what happened in history and just narrow it down to one person.
1: And, And, you know, that's the tough thing. You're very much right. You've really encapsulated the difficulty of trying to figure out what is what and with Kai's story because it is is a bit like scale blood and bone because there's no way to really research this I mean I have made efforts with Kai to do more research to understand what he's talking about but you know it's like you know for example I, I have tried to read various resources I have three to four books um you know on Sami lore and ideas and beliefs and such, um, you know, as, as well as trying to understand, you know, Norway in the 19th century. Um, but, you know, those things you, you can never fully, fully uh, follow because there's not much happening at this point. There's not much historical going on. A lot of it is just sort of an intricate, you know, social thing. Or, or just people living very mundane lives, and you have to try to work yourself with that and try to figure out Kai's path and what's happening on the, and the context of his life as well. So it does make it rather difficult. So it is very much an immersive, it, it's almost, maybe, maybe it's more psychological than Andre's. What do you think?
0: Hmm, I don't think so. I think it's about equal. But Kai's is also very challenging because you want to write two perspectives too, right? You want to also include Gerda's somewhere down the line.
1: Somewhere down the line, I do, and that has me worried the most because I don't know how I'm going to do that. And now that now that Gerda no longer has the confidence with the with the fantasy cover, I, she's just so scared of her real self. I mean she's just trembling like a little sparrow and always flying off i she's just very scared and i feel bad like i i want to get to know her better but she just flies off because she felt so confident with the fantasy thing
0: that's true hmm well you know what if if you can't do it and if you think it will just drag your work down maybe you don't need to include her perspective like you know, it's just like Tattoosia in Andre's story, right? You don't need to have something from her first person perspective, yet she's very alive.
1: That's true because of Andre's understanding and empathy. He really brings her to life, and you know, maybe that's the thing. Maybe Kai's understanding and empathy, like Andre's, will bring Gerda to life.
0: I agree. I think you should do that.
1: I think I will, and I, I think I. So I think you know, maybe this will be. You know exclusively kai's pov then
0: i think that would be easier
1: yeah i think it would and um
0: and less confusing like how are you going to suddenly shift to gerda's right
1: that's the thing because kai's is is pretty much dominated everything up until this point it's just going to be so jarring and disjoining to suddenly switch to gerda and then try to switch back to kai and, and also
0: the format of your series is very um solid, right? Like it has large chunks of description and stuff like that. So it's not conducive to something that you can change POVs all the time. Usually stories that change POVs all the time have shorter chapters and they are less heavy on descriptions.
1: Yes, yes they are, you're right. And and that's what makes the because the pacing is so jaunty and jumpy, you know, it's like camera angles if if you're so used to all these different angles then shifting the pov will not be disjointing or jarring at all
0: exactly kind of like lucky wolf right like we suddenly get some glimpses of ingvar even though the beginning is totally off but you know it doesn't feel off because the, the the chapters are all really
1: short that's true they are and you know the the way the pacing is 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 very brisk and forward, while the pacing for Kai it's 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 very slow and it's it's very visionary.
0: It is, yeah. So I think I don't think the tone is actually good for multiple POVs. No, neither is Andre's because it's so dominated by him.
1: Exactly. It would be so weird to just stop with Andre and not and and shift to someone like Tatoozia. Which is why Tatoozie is getting her own little mini-novel when she she goes into this sort of vision world.
0: Yes, I think that's good. I think you can do the same for Gerda. Like, when you get more inspiration for him, she can have her own novel. Like, it doesn't have to be stuffed into Kai's.
1: No, no, it doesn't. I think she can have, like, her own mini-novel. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, maybe a lot of that has to deal with, you know, near the end, which... You know deals with, deals with them both entering the spirit world, if you remember the outline Yes,
0: I remember that, and yeah that's going to be a little bit challenging too, because you need to work towards you know kind of making the parts kind of flow together right because it's such a huge change
1: yeah, that's the thing about when they enter the um, the, the spiritual world, if you will, because it's 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 very climatic. But at the same time, you know, it's such a shift and change. And, um, you know, I'm still debating on whether or not, you know, being in the spiritual world, does it alter their looks?
0: I don't think that's an important thing to think about right now.
1: No, no, it's not. It's not. I I think it's a red
0: herring at this point.
1: That's true. There's so many red herrings, isn't there?
0: The more complicated a work is, I think the more red herrings there can be.
1: That's true. That's true. I think maybe as we get more into this, it will become simplified, just like it has with Andre. So.
0: I never thought Andre was overly complicated. Maybe it's because he doesn't have any magic, and there's always something <laughs> in my head. Like when there's magic, it's going to be complicated.
1: <laughs> it is, and you know what? I think I think Kai. That's why Kai is elusive because. Maybe it's because he's learned to be very cautious because he has magic. So this is this why he's elusive, I wonder.
0: Maybe, maybe. How about scale blood bone? Do you think Jules is elusive or not really?
1: I don't know. Jules so dominant. Like he's just there being, you know, I'm gonna be a dark edge lord and I wanna become a god and I wanna give the darkling from Shadow and Bone a solid run for his money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, and also I think it helps that he's based on Joel, right?
1: That That is what makes all the difference. The fact that he's based on Joel, Joel know he, knows who he is. And and Joel just walks into a room and he is there. He dominates it, even without meaning to dominate it. If I were to see Joel in a room, I'm like, that's Joel. He has just commanded the whole room.
0: Mm-hmm. He, he, he does. He has that special charisma in a way
1: yes he definitely does right so yeah yeah,
0: i think we learned so much this podcast about how you are writing kai and i can't wait to see how you would develop him further it's really good to have an episode where we actually cover how he's developed you know from the frost lord into who he is today because we never really talked about it you know so in depth Like, we've alluded to it, like, in the sexuality podcast we did yesterday, but it wasn't in detail. It never covered how he transformed from the Frost Lord to what he is now.
1: No, we never got to that transition. And, you know, I'm hoping we can make another series where, you know, as as he gets more fleshed out, you know, just who he is as a person. And, you know, like, how much, like, what is his life defined by... And what, does, what do things like magic mean to him? How does he define magic? How does he in, employ magic? But also, too, like, you know, you know him trying to accept and, ex, you know, carry out the, uh, the, the responsibility of, of being a death figure.
0: That's true. All right. So do you think that's it for today, for this episode, anyways?
1: I believe it is. I I believe we I believe we covered a lot and I, I think we you know we, we finally told people the origins of Kai and why he is not the frost lord and everything.
0: Absolutely. It was fascinating to learn his development.
1: Yes, it was. Thank you for giving me this opportunity and I hope everybody enjoyed this.
0: All right. See you guys.
1: See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.